Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Alright, welcome back for another episode, guys. Uh, it's just going to be me today. Billy hasn't called back yet, and none of you guys called in, so no callers today. But we are gonna, going to get to the Bruins Game 2. Uh, against the Blue Jacks, where we lost 32 in double overtime. Then we're going to talk about the Bruins dominating Game 1 win over the Milwaukee Bucks, and we're going to talk about an, yet another Chris Sale loss today uh, against the, uh, what do you call them, the Rays. So, um, yeah, all right, we're going to kick it off with the Bruins, so let's get into that. So yesterday, the Bruins had that tough 3-2 to two double overtime uh, loss. Maybe you guys are listening and it's Monday right now, but I'm currently recording this Sunday night right now, so it's technically yesterday for me, so I don't want to hear that. So now the series is tied 1-1 one to one going into Columbus. Yesterday, uh, Artemi Panarin had two goals and an assist, including the game winner. Uh, the other goal is from Matt Duchesne. Again, that guy is he's really he's good. Um, but yesterday, he was a Goaltending battle. Both goaltenders are very good. But one big takeaway from yesterday. So if you didn't hear yesterday's episode, go listen to that. I previewed the Bruins game too. Uh, but Billy called in and he said, I kind of hope David Krejci doesn't play tonight so we can get David Backus in the game. And I actually agree because we need to be physical coming into this game and get kind of a fresher set of legs. But Krejci played, had an assist, but Backus did not play. Um, and wasn't able to come in and bring that physicality. I said going into the game, fatigue was going to be a huge thing. Um, and obviously the Blue Jackets are more rested than the Bruins. They swept the Lightning, got a big break. You came off a seven-game series, and last night they won in double overtime. You fought hard, but at the end they just had the fresher legs, I think, and won that game. It was obviously the rebound and Panarin. Panarin was no doubt the player of the game last night. But Panarin got that rebound, kicked it off his skate, put it in. It was a nice goal. He had a very good game yesterday. Bobrovsky, 31 shots on goal, 29 saves, but... I'd say Tukaras definitely outplayed him. 41 shots on goal, 38 saves. He had an, a save percentage of 93%. Bobrovsky had a save percentage of 94 But I'd say Rask outplayed Bobrovsky yesterday. But this is – Rask has been great. Rask was not the problem yesterday. Uh, I don't really know what was. Grizzly had a goal and Pasternak had a goal. Uh, Coyle – Another assist. He's been doing really good. Johansson had assist. Krejci, McAvoy, all assists. But again, Bergeron. Uh, it's just quiet. Four goals. Uh, four shots on goal. No goals. Uh, here have been his stats so far this playoffs. Nine games played. Only three goals, two assists, with five points, accounting for five points, and only a plus minus of one. Uh, and it's uh, and this season he had a plus minus of twenty three. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know what to say. Uh, overall in his career, he has all, he has shot 15.6, of his shots have gone in only 10% this season have, but overall in the playoffs, he's, he's never at 9.2% of his shots have gone in, in the playoffs overall. So technically he's being more efficient than usual, but if you know what I'm saying, uh, but last night's game. Good goaltending, uh, really by both sides. It was great goaltending, solid defense. Neither team could just really net too many goals. At the end of the day, uh, Panarin was the best player, no doubt. Um, take him out of that game, I'm not sure. 
Uh, I'm not sure who wins, really. Uh, but it's continued. This season, this series, I said the fatigue going into game two was going to play a big factor. And at the end, the Blue Jacks just had the fresher legs. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about. And it's just been a very well goaltended series as well. Game three is going to be a huge game in this series. Uh, if the Blue Jackets jump ahead 2-1, uh, now they got game four in Columbus up 2-1. I mean... Game three is going to really be a, a tide shifter. I think it's going to show who wants it more, you know. All right, you, you get to, you know, travel with the team. Going into game three, who can take charge of that series? The Bruins have uh, responded very well. Uh, this Remember against the Lightning, every after every loss, they'd win. So, so far, they've responded after every single loss. Can they continue to do that is the question. Can they continue to respond? I definitely think they can. Um, f- definitely. This is going to be a good series. I think they should handle the Blue Jackets in six, seven games. Um, but the light, uh, Maple Leafs could definitely end up being the uh, easier uh Sorry, not easiest. Hardest opponent you end up facing. But overall, I, I just want to see, can you kind of bounce back and put the momentum back on your side um, in this series? Hopefully you can, but Game 3 is really going to be a big game in the series. Can the Bruins respond once again? Uh, you guys can call in on the Anchor Mobile app, type in after the Buzz Sports Talk, send in a voice message, and give me your response uh, to that question or anything. Uh Anything you want to talk about, any questions you have for me, answer this question, uh, you know, whatnot. So, uh, yeah, that's my uh, take on last night's Bruins game. It was definitely uh, an interesting one. Uh, but, again, I just think the Panarin and those Blue Jackets just had the fresher legs than you did. And it shows that, you know, a sweep, you know, facing a team coming off a seven-game series when you're coming off a sweep, that that's a big advantage and it showed last night. So now I'm going to dive into the Bruins big game sorry, the Celtics big game one win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Now uh in today's game we stomped them 112 to 90. 112 to 90. And we continue to be the only undefeated team so far in the playoffs, uh, which doesn't say a lot until you uh win the whole thing. So today when I looked at it. Really, I'm not sure if anyone on the Bucks besides Giannis... Like, overall, in today's game, if I were to rank my top seven or eight players, only one Bucks player gets in there, and that's Giannis. Because I can name, besides Giannis Antetokounmpo, who only had 22 points, only had 22 points. I mean, really, I'd say there was... That get into my top seven or top eight today. Kyrie Irving, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, uh, Al Horford, Terry Rozier... Um, yeah, just, just them. So let me see. That's one, two, three, four, five. Okay. So maybe like, uh, Chris Middleton would get in there, but you get my point or Nicole Mirtich. But today, the one big takeaway though, was Jason Tatum was, didn't, didn't even do anything. Four points, six rebounds, one assist. Uh, Marcus Morris, uh, 9.7 9.7 rebounds, one assist. Both of them played 30 minutes. So, you know, that's just a little thing. But Sammy Ojale played eight minutes, two points. Look for him in the series. He's going to get minutes. He's going to have to play some defense on um, Giannis. Uh, he doesn't usually play, but he did today, which makes sense. We see more Sammy Ojale. I wouldn't mind playing him 10 minutes a night. 
Uh, he's going to have to go out there stretches of time and play one-on-one against Giannis. He's not going to stop Giannis. He's not going to get 30-something minutes to play just to guard Giannis. But he's going to get out there for stretches of time to take on that role of guarding Giannis. Now, a lot of people have told me, just play zone on the Bucks. No, it doesn't work that easily because they're so perfectly constructed. Mike Budenholzer and this Bucks front office has done something where if you want to play zone against Giannis and try to stop him, he'll just kick it out to our unlimited three-point shooters. They have three-point shooters all on the court. I mean, let me look at their whole team. Um, besides Giannis, Chris Middleton, three-point shooter. Brooke Lopez, three-point shooter. Bledsoe, not really. He's more of one of their few slashers. Uh, Sterling Brown. Meh. Pat Connington, he's a shooter. Uh, George Hill, yeah, I, I consider him a shooter. Nicole Mirtich, definitely a shooter. Uh, Ilya Sova, yeah. And then you got guys like Tony Snell, shooter. But you get, you also have guys like Malcolm Brogdon on the team as well, who's injured right now. Uh, but most of that team's a shooter. You don't really have that many shooters on one team. I know I kind of stopped. I'm like, yeah, he's not really a shooter. But... It's, but you get my point. There's a lot of shooters on that team, and they just have so much depth. Um, and sure, they're without Brogdon and whatnot, but they still have a lot of shooters, so you can't really play zone on them. You can at times. If you if Giannis is starting to really take over the game, then yes, play zone and make them beat you another way. Um, definitely. I don't count zone out. I still practice it before the game and have it in the game plan. Uh, we could pull this out as a plan B or whatnot. If Giannis heats up, uh, and the other, the rest of the team's not really doing anything, hit them with zone and make all of a sudden those three-point shooters step up. Uh, but today, one big takeaway, uh, I remember at the beginning, beginning sorry, of the game, we were 0 for 5 from 3. And something that the Bucks do is they are the best, probably the best defensive team, but they're the best two-point te- defensive team. Uh, and at the beginning of the game, we really l- relied on our two-point shooting. We were 7 for 11 to begin the game from two-point range, and we were 0 for 5 from three. Usually, you really struggle from two-point range and have to rely on the three ball to beat the Bucks. And today, good thing it was on. 13 for 31 from three today. 42% from three. I'll definitely take that any day. We have to shoot very well. We only went five for eight from the free throw line. It's only eight attempts. If you know me, if you've been listening to the podcast for a bit, I haven't of late, but I rip on the Celtics so they don't get to the free throw line. Another example today. You need to get to the free throw line more, okay? I, I, I know it's the Bucks, and you're trying to kind of avoid the paint, but you kind of still have to bring it to the hoop and you know keep them on your toes a little bit and get to the free throw line and just shoot only five for eight. Come on. You did beat them on the rebounds by seven. You moved the ball better than them with six more assists. Uh, you had nine more blocks than they did. They had one more steal. You had one more turnover. They did start the game off with a wretched amount of turnovers. Points in the paint. You scored 38 points in the paint on them. They only had 26. 38 is not a lot, but you beat them in the paint today, which is Great to say against this Bucks team. And you had 21 fouls. They only had 11. Um, so you beat them in the paint, which is not something a lot of teams do. But the Celtics say something that they did great. They were very efficient. But they beat the Bucks in the paint, and then they were still hitting the threes at the same time. So they were beating them in the paint, uh, which is hard to do. The Bucks are one of the best teams in the paint. And to say that, they're just basically two-point shooters. But their two-point defense is the best, and Giannis is probably the best inside player in the league. 
and you beat them. You beat them in rebounds. You beat them in points in the paint. You beat them in efficiency in the paint by a mile. They only shot 35% from the field. You shot 54. You were very efficient today. So, yeah, you beat them in rebounds. You even beat them in blocks. So, uh, you really just beat up on the Bucks today. I picked the Celtics to win the series in seven games. Uh, I, th- I told you guys on a previous episode. So, if you don't believe me, you guys can scroll down. You'll find it somewhere. Uh, I made my playoff predictions, and I said they beat the Bucks. A lot of people said, no way, no way. Some people were like, I don't count them out, and I definitely think they can. Coming into today's game, I said both these teams are coming off a sweep. For both teams, but especially the Celtics, today is a great game to win. The Celtics, this was a huge game because the Bucks are, are are still a young team. You know, they lost the first few years, but that Pistons team, they're still a young team, the Bucks are. So they beat up on the Pistons team, found it really easy. So they're not going to be that sharp. Neither are you, but you're a little more experienced. You're still young, but you know, you're a little more experienced. So think about it this way. The Bucks are not going to be that sharp. They've been off for a long time, so they're going to have fresh legs, but they haven't played in a while, and they're not going to be that sharp because they haven't played in a while, and the fact that they're going to say, oh, that was so easy, that last series, and then they're coming up against the Celtics team. This is a different monster, and you could say the same thing for the Celtics, but the Celtics came in sharp today, and this Celtics team, when clicking, might be the team to beat in the East. Um, now... The big takeaway, though, Al Horford. Uh, Kyrie Irving's probably your best player, but Al Horford shot Giannis down. 20 points to 11 rebounds, 3 assists in 32 minutes. Al Horford was the Giannis stopper. Al Horford is the X-factor to this team. Look at him. He's the X-factor to why they beat the 76ers. Now he's the X-factor to why they're beating the Bucks. Uh, he just shuts down these guys, Joel Embiid, Giannis. You need him. Uh, you need Al Horford. And, you know, obviously his age, you know, the window's starting to close for him a little, but he's so good at defense. Uh, it makes me debate who's better at defense, him or Marcus Smart, who's the best defense player. Obviously, Smart defends more guards on the perimeter. Al Horford's more of a interior against those bigger guys like Giannis and Joel. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was great to take command today, but now let's not fall asleep. Uh, definitely can win the series. I think some people woke up and realized, yeah, the Celtics are kind of for real. Uh, I'm not going to take one game. You know, the Bucks obviously were not that sharp today. Uh, the Bucks. I- I'm not saying uh, that this is an easy series. Uh, to win. This is going to get tough. This is probably going to be your easiest game. Uh, now the Bucks are going to be like, oh, oh, they just got the shock. They realize, you know, we are dealing with a different monster here, a different beast, and we got to wake up and play our style of basketball because when the Bucks, Bucks are going to end up playing better, and when they do, this is going to be a different series. Uh, things are going to get harder, a lot harder. Uh, so this is definitely going to uh, – the, the intensity is going to um, – Pick up for sure. So I'm just going to kind of go around for some of the other games so far that have happened. Uh, the Raptors beat up on the 76ers, 108-95. to Toronto, as I said, this series should not be much uh, much of a challenge for the Raptors. This will probably be like a 5-6 game series. I don't believe in the 76ers. I still don't. After Brooklyn, I didn't going into the playoffs. I told you they don't have enough bench depth. Their coach is horrible, and they're just not disciplined late in the game. No one really went off for them. JJ Redick had their most points yesterday with 17. Simmons had 14, Ennis had 11, Joel Embiid had 16, 14 for Harris, 10 for Butler. Uh, and then for the Raptors, Leonard had 45, Siakam at 29. That was a great one-two punch right there. Um, and 
Playoff Lowry only had nine points and eight eight assists. Uh, so there's really no one besides Leonard and Siakam. But I just don't believe in the 76ers. I haven't. When I when people were calling it a five man race, I was like, went back when Oladipo was like, is it really? Because the Sixers, I mean, they they on paper look really good star power wise, but then you realize that they have no bench depth, with which kind of needed come playoff time. And they realize their coach is bad, and they really can't play in the last two minutes, which is a problem because a lot of these playoffs games kind of come down to the wire. Uh, and then there's the Rockets and Warriors. Um, that one just ended today as well. 104-100 win for the Warriors. Uh, it was a low-scoring fourth quarter, too. Uh, the Warriors kind of uh, won it in the first and third quarter um, for them. So, oof, sorry. Um, I was look. I was looking at this game, and I was watching it, and something I noticed was... Kevin Durant is starting to get back on track consistency-wise, if you know what I mean, uh, to, to the point where a lot of people have been saying, yeah, he's kind of, like, held back and he hasn't really done good in these playoffs. And a lot, I've heard a few people, not many, but few people said he can't carry his own team because of a few bad playoff performances. And I said, it's just because his touches are kind of getting taken away. When Durant comes out to play and it's his team, Durant – He's good. He's better than Steph Curry, okay? He is. Curry's great, but Kevin Durant is better than Steph Curry. A uh, big part of that is defense. Uh, he's much better defender than Steph Curry, and Steph Curry's a better shooter, but not by a whole lot. Well, I take that back. Curry's a much better three-point shooter, but Durant is still lethal from three, uh, and Durant's just unstoppable. Curry... Too, but I mean, Durant just has him by a hair. Uh, Kevin Durant can lead his own team, and he showed to me that consistency's starting to get back, and he's hearing all the haters and being like, all right, I want to shut them up, go on this run. I want to bring the title to Golden State and then go to go somewhere else and lead my own team. But And then the other series, the Trailblazers Nuggets might be the most interesting let me say that again. Interesting series. I don't look at the Nuggets or the Trailblazers as huge threats, really, but to think one of those teams is going to make it uh, to the Western Conference Finals, I'd like to be, see it be the Trailblazers. I love Damian Lillard. He's such a great uh, comeback underdog story. You know, obviously there was like the gun incident, and he's just so underrated and hated on. Not No, he's not hated on, but he's just had a lot of obstacles in a way. So it would be great to see him. I'd love to see him win an MVP. Uh, he's one of those guys that I want to see win an MVP. Um seriously, and I'm not even a Trailblazers fan. I just really like Damian Lillard. I just think, you know, he's such a humble guy. You know, who's a star like that? Damian Lillard is this star, star-studded player who's had to suffer first-round exits, missing the playoffs with the Trailblazers in the small market where he doesn't get enough recognition. And he still said, no, I'm going to stick with the Trailblazers. They're the one that trusted me at first. I'm going to stick with them. No one is that loyal. If you're a star, if you even – if you even – sniff at an all-star game, you think you're, like, the best player on the planet and think you can do what you want. And that's fine. But Lillard is just so humble, so loyal, and he just plays his game and balls out. I love that dude. And 
I don't know what else to say. I'd like to see him make an MVP, make a Western Conference Finals appearance. If he could beat the Warriors, that would be great. I doubt it, but it does, I mean, just be great for him to get there uh, from a player perspective. So, yeah, that series is not kicked off yet. I didn't believe in the Blazers. Just It's not because of Damian Lillard. It's just because of that team. Uh, but... We'll see. Uh, that series is not kicked off yet, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, definitely interested to see what happens in that series. Uh, the game one is tomorrow at 10.30 p.m., uh, so you should definitely tune into that game. Uh, any disagreements, any questions on the playoffs, ask me. Call on the mobile app. So now we're going to get to the uh, Red Sox game today. A Chris Sale start, yet another Chris Sale loss. So we're going to touch up on that game to wrap up this episode. So uh, let's dive into the game. So today, the Boston Red Sox lost 5-2 to at Fenway Park against the Tampa Bay Rays, moving the Rays up to 18-9, and the Red Sox back to 11-17. and uh, I'm mostly going to focus on Chris Sale here um, for a minute. I think today's game a lot was the Red Sox bats were arguably better than the Rays, which is crazy to say usually 5-2 game, you're like, oh, whoever had five runs is better. Five runs for the Rays, five hits. Seven hits for the Red Sox, only two runs. As the hits were spread out, the Rays would have a very good inning, very good inning, and then nothing, 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 nothing. They all get, they get all their hits at the perfect time. All the bats came together at once, and then they were just dead. Uh, but today, Chris Sale was not bad. Chris Sale was not bad. People are saying, oh, he's 0-5 and whatnot, and I don't like it because people, you have to dive in deeper um, sometimes to see what's really um, going on. Chris Sale today was good. Um, yeah, now he's 0-5, but look at his game log uh, today. Seven hits, uh, he let up four hits. Pitching seven innings, which is good to see. He usually pitches like five innings because of that arm. But it's good to see they threw him out there for seven innings. Only four hits allowed. Four runs, but only two of them were earned. Okay? So, yeah, people say, yeah, he stuck out there for seven innings out of four runs. Only two of them were earned. You have to dive deeper deeper than deep. Three walks, and he had eight strikeouts. Um... So I was just I was happy with it. He he had three walks as well, but that that's good. Lately, his game log has has looked clean. It's looked cleaner, not clean, but it's looked better. Uh, Chris Sale's getting better. He's getting there, I believe. Uh, I did not like giving him a contract extension before the season because I said the shoulder still could be a problem. Let's play out the season and see how this goes. And we didn't. We were just like, I'm gonna give him this big long term deal now. I would be okay with like a one year extension, but a five year. Let's see how he recovers. He is recovering better. Is he 100%? No. Is he 90%? No. Is he 80%? I'd say 80% is a fair mark to put him at. Uh, you had two hours today. That cost you two runs. If you don't have that two, those two hours, you might come back in that baseball game. The Rays, again, they're a first. They're, that first inning is lightning in a bottle. They're so good in that first inning. They scored two runs in the first inning, two innings, two runs in the second, and then they were just dead till the ninth inning. They scored one more run. You were dead until that sixth inning where you scored in the sixth. They scored again in the seventh. You're like, all right, maybe we have a ball game here. Four to two, definitely. You're, the momentum's starting to come on your side, and then all of a sudden, you went dead again. Uh, Walden came in. Seen, seen a lot of him. One strikeout, no hits in his inning, and then Heath Henry came in and let up the 
the hit and a walk, two strikeouts. Um, yeah, not much to say there. Um, just another another day, a lo- another loss for the Red Sox. We just could not put it all together. The bats weren't great today, but they weren't bad. We just need to put it all together. The be- like I usually say when I say put it all together this season, I found myself saying put it all together because our bullpen started pitching and batting couldn't put it all together. Our literally bats couldn't put it all together, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, we'd string a hit here and string a hit there. Like, we couldn't just put it together. If you string a single here in one inning and then string a single in a few in, like, the next inning, what's that going to do? You're not going to score off that. So you need to get a few hits in a row. That's what we couldn't do today. Now we're 11-17. We only have a winning percentage of 0.393, which is ugly. We're 11 and 17, right above the Orioles, who are sitting at 10 and 19. Then we're behind the Blue Jays, who are 14 14. The Yankees are 17 11, and the Rays are 18 9. So the Yankees are really finding their game. Um, again, they have a ton of injured players, but you're seeing a guy or two come back. They're starting to, you know, those, in, those reserves are starting to come up and step up. The Rays have just stayed hot. They seem to cool down on that series before the Tigers against you, where you swept them, and now they're just coming right back up again. And the Blue Jays have been a little surprising. I expect them to dip a little. But you need to really start playing some good baseball. You can't press the panic button just yet because you've seen improvement, and it's too early. 28 games is too early. Um, I'll look at their games right now. I'd say by the time you hit, it's tough to say because it depends on how you do. You got the athletics coming up, uh, you got the athletics, then you got the White Sox, then you got the Orioles, then you got the Mariners, Rockies, Astros, Blue Jays. So I don't know. I think it depends on how you do in that stretch. I've seen a little bit of improvement. They're still not good, but I've seen improvement. There's, there's, I see the improvement there. Uh, the Twins sitting at the top of their division. The Astros sitting at the top of their division. Yeah, the Mariners seem to be cooling down a little, which is good to see. But I don't know when you can, when's the press the panic button, Aiden? I don't really have a deadline yet. I hope to give you guys an answer soon. I just don't have an answer right now. I really don't know. Uh, I, you know, take a guess in a few series, but. You know, it can't a few, a little more than a few. But I, for a specific date, I'm going to think about that one. Hopefully in the next few episodes I can give you guys uh, an update on when I think the official panic begins. If we're sitting around the same winning percentage at this amount of time, this is when we start panic. Uh, so I'm going to definitely think about that one because I have not looked into that. That's a question I just asked myself. Yeah, when is the deadline? Because I've said when to press the panic button. When do we really? I had to ask myself, and I really don't know. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Please call in on the Anchor Mobile app. Uh, Billy's the only one. He doesn't get to call in all the time, so it's a bummer when I go on to do these episodes I look at my messages and see nothing there. It's just, like, it's a bummer. Uh, I hope this uh, continues to grow. Uh, I hope that I can. Uh, and the more we grow, the more this equipment is going to grow as well. I hope you know, get better audio and whatnot. I know right now it's not in tip-top shape. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's able to listen, but it has its hiccups and the audio isn't great. I understand that for you guys. I know it's, it's not bad, but as we continue to grow, um, 
us as this podcast. Uh, if you guys made it this far, please just go tell your friends so we can continue to grow. And the more we grow, you know, the more motivated, hopefully I can just upgrade the audio and whatnot. I really want to. I want to keep growing as a podcast so that way um, it's just better to listen for you guys. It'll be better for me. But right now we're kind of at the beginning stage. It's still a new podcast. I know it's going to be a process, but hopefully you guys stick with me through it. I hope that we can uh, one day kind of be a big podcast. That's the hope. Um, I really enjoy this. So, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see you next time.